And away we go once again. This is uh, Eric Winalda. This is For the Win coming to you from the Blue Wire Studios located in the unbelievably beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, my home, uh, which I, uh, I've been here for, for many years, and I think most people have listened to this podcast know how long I've been here. I bought a house here in 1993. So I've been here longer than most, but man, I love days like today. Day, today's like today are phenomenal. Uh, and today, today's show is going to be phenomenal. Uh, joining me in just a little bit will be my roommate, my friend, my, uh, the one and only Lexi Lawless, uh, who some of you uh, view in, in different ways when you, when you see him and his persona on Twitter or on television. Uh, he's had a, a wonderful career. Uh, he's pretty much done it all. I mean, he was a he was a player that uh, we played in a couple World Cups together. We've been roommates for three years. We've got stories that we can't tell you. Uh, and then, of course, he went straight into management, if you remember, uh, managing New York, San Jose, and the Los Angeles Galaxy as a GM before moving into the booth, ESPN and Fox, where he still holds that post, doing a multiple uh, a multiple things over there. He is the jack of all trades. I'm not going to say master of none because he's pretty damn good at what he does. Uh, and I guess the, pretty much the whole show, we're going to get into it. I, I, I <laughs> we usually with our conversations, uh, we, they're like a tree branch. They, they start and they keep going and eventually we get to a leaf. Uh, but I hope, I hope you find it entertaining. Let me bring him in right now. The man, the myth, the legend in the top of your screen, Mr. Alexi Lawless, my ex roommate, the, uh, my ex colleague, uh, over at, over at Fox, we've done a lot of stuff together. We're going to get into it today. Welcome to the program, my friend. How are you? Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. A, a pleasure, uh, an honor. Um, I've been listening to the pod. Uh, it's going great. You have a hell of a setup there. Uh, it's much too nice for you. Let's be honest. Yeah, so this, this is a little you bit. You know, I'm, them, I am swinging over my weight out here. Yeah, this is uh, well, awesome. my weight. We shouldn't bring that into it either. But you look good, buddy. Look I, at I'm you. I'm okay. I, I, black makes thins me. That's what I'll do. I'll wear the <laughs> I'll wear the black V neck, and, and and it's like that message of like. Do I really care a lot? Do I get through super dressed up for this deal? No, but the, the bottom line is I, I I could lose a few pounds. So I, uh, well, look, I, I wear I mean, black. I look like I should be in a friggin' cabin in the woods writing a manifesto right now. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to clean up at some point when we go back on air. If you bend that uh, bill a little bit, you could be a truck driver for sure. You, <laughs> you'd be you and you and Matt Reese uh, touring the world. But listen, hey, I really appreciate you making some time for me. I do listen to you guys as well. I. And I am going to allude to that in a in a bit. So I listen to your pod, you listen to mine, and and we well let's keep it that way. I'm, I am thank you for listening because it's uh we're having a good time over here at the Blue Wire Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada, at the Win. Which, by the way, let's get this out of the way. The invitation is there for you and Ann to come out. All right, it, it, the sun is not beaming down. You don't need a, an umbrella anymore. You can just come here. You can relax. We'll go to a super nice dinner. I know you don't golf. But but you you guys will have such a great time. So the, the you know I, I'm guessing somewhere in the in just before Christmas. So let's can okay. we can we I'll I'll get back with you and we'll figure that out. But first things my first. My wife my wife does not even need a, a, a even a, a, an invitation uh, oh, yeah, to go to Vegas. Even even if there's just the inkling that there's a possible Vegas trip, she is all about it. So. Oh beautiful beautiful. She's gonna love this place. I mean this the, the wind is 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 fantastic. All right so. Right out of the gates, this is the first thing I wanted to ask you because I, you know, mm-hmm. these new things that that pop up on Twitter. We have all these fans chiming in. There's this Berhalter out screaming uh, group, and then the rest of us are trying to figure out, hey, how do we just support this damn team? 
How far have you taken it with your criticism of Greg? Because Greg has had a successful summer, but we came out of the gates weird, and there were some moments there where we, we guys like us are asked to have an opinion. Where did you take it? I mean, look, if you just look at the numbers, historically, he is, uh, you know, one of the, I guess, the great national team coaches in terms of what he has done. And certainly, as you mentioned, over the last uh, last summer, winning two titles, um, uh, you know, with uh, with trophies and obviously beating our major rival. That was great. But, you know, as I always say, Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? We always <laughs> knew it was going to come down to uh, to qualifying for the World Cup. And ultimately, it doesn't matter what he did in the summer of 2021. It's what he does in the fall and obviously in the spring of 2022. And I think that that's completely fair. And you're not telling Greg Berhalter anything he doesn't know. But, you know, the the reaction to this, I think a lot of it comes from and stems from our insecurities and our inferiority complex, and especially on the on the heels of the biggest failure in U.S. soccer history of not qualifying for 2018. Right. So we got to get back there. I think some of it is justified. I think some of it is fair. I think some of it's over the top. I think if if Greg Berhalter was from, I don't know, pick a country from Belgium or something like that, I don't think it would be even close to the amount of vitriol. Um, and criticism out there and but he knew he knew what he was in for and yeah. he's a big boy he's gonna he's gonna deal with it could we have done better in, in games yes is he ripe for criticism and fair criticism in terms of the the lineup that he picks yeah but we're also at a point where the lineup doesn't pick itself uh there are a lot of different options as you know eric right now we're actually in a a really kind of good place with the amount of talent that we have and that there is this consternation, that there is this, right. this argument and this discussion each and every time. We're all sitting there on Twitter waiting for that 11 to come out and then all hell breaks loose. And certainly <laughs> if the team doesn't play well, that's going to be a reflection on not just the players, but Greg Berhalter because of who he is, the MLS association. Yep. Like I said, it doesn't matter. Life isn't fair and soccer isn't fair. It's just it's the uh, – uh, it's the gig that he has, and I think he understands that better than anybody else. Yeah, well, I look at it this way as well, because you just kind of alluded to it. Because in our day, we didn't have 47 guys that could do it. There was, it was like if two or three of us got hurt, we were in big trouble. So it makes the, the national team coach's job a lot easier when you have a, a far you know, lesser uh, player pool. But do we have too many players? I, I, I look at his job right now, and I say to myself, Man, this is not easy to manage. All those conversations with, with GMs and coaches and trying to manage guys' bodies and all of that, and then you, you factor in, hey, we just need the best 11 on the field, and he doesn't seem to get it right very often. So, I mean, some of that criticism is warranted, but do we have too many players? Is that, is that really what we're talking about? I don't think we do. I mean, look, there's always this comparison. People love to throw around um, like Iceland or something like that. It's a whole lot easier for someone to lead 10, play, 10 people in one direction as opposed to leading 100 people in the direction. However, with the size, we've always talked about, look, all the, the size of the U.S., we should have more talent. Well, now that we're getting more talent, this is a good problem to have. But what I think we're going to have to wrap our minds around, and this is kind of strange and difficult especially for a generation like you said that is so used to not having a whole lot of depth and talent is that there are going to be players and by the way maybe even some really good players and possibly even some great players that don't necessarily feature in the national team and right. that's difficult because we're so worried about wasting talent or not identifying talent i think we're identifying it whether we're wasting it that's subjective uh, ultimately but there are going to be more and more players as more and more players are kind of put on this pedestal of being good players and a lot of it let's be honest is relative to where they are playing yeah. that are that that the coach whether it's greg berhalter or whoever is next is going to say look for me it's just that's not that's not part of my best 11 mm -hmm. and it's not about the best players it's about the best collection of players and it's going to be it's very subjective obviously but we're all going to have our
our, our desires and opinions when it comes to who that best 11 is. Yeah, I mean, I look at this this group, and I, I, I think that that when we start to get so critical of of you know, w w are we getting the best eleven right, uh, and and the, just the reaction of it's not even the media; it is it is really just a, a, a couple of small pockets of people who just lose their minds when the national team is selected. But there is one guy that I want to talk to you about okay. who has emerged. I mean, this is, I mean, the one thing that we, people don't realize, Alexi, is that, that when these guys go through a qualification process, and I've heard you go off on this, is mm -hmm. in nine days, three games, and, and these, everybody's complaining, and now we have more players, so not everybody has to play every game. Maybe that makes it complicated, but these guys are on a private plane. They're oh flying in and out. They are getting taken care of. Don't they understand that we were sitting in the middle seat on American Airlines getting thrown up on by a two-year-old when we were on our way to a World Cup qualifier? I mean, yeah, but you are we, we the old guys like on the lawn? Is that what we're doing? Uh, exactly. That's it. We're sounding like grumpy old men. And, and, and I get it. It's kind of the way that life works. And, and, but you, I think you would agree with me that this is all good stuff. This is what we have wanted. Yeah. And, and I don't think you nor well, I I'm, I'm on board with that. I'm just saying, look, if, if they would have asked us to play three games in nine days, none of us would have blinked. We would, have, we would have, have not question. said a word. We would have said, well, let's go. Let's play. Let's do it. I and, would have been angry had I not played those three games and, and you know, sat out for long-term consequences. No, it wouldn't even factor into what we, what we were doing. But, yeah, this is, this is progress. This is evolution. The fact that they are running, uh, going on charter, the fact they bring their chef, uh, the fact that they have all this data and, and uh, analytics when it comes to where they are and the, all that kind of stuff, that's, that's a good thing. All of these opportunities, all, all these pathways – have been opened up because of stuff that's come before. And I don't want them, I don't need, they don't need to thank us. No, nope. uh, I think they have to have an appreciation for it and a respect for it, but take it, take it. And then, yeah. and then pass it on to that next generation. So there's even more for them. Yeah. I remember, um, I, mean, I think I alluded to this. Charles Barkley made a really good point to Shaq. Uh, this is a couple of years ago about how the, the modern players don't have it in the NBA, don't have any shoulders. And Shaq goes, what are you talking about? And he's like, because they don't carry their own bags. They, in the old days, we had to carry our own bags. So that's, that's, that's just something to think about. We are going to get story time here in a bit, but give me your quick thought on Pepe. Because I, 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 I didn't know what I was uh, – I saw him play a couple times in Major League Soccer. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure you've seen more of him. But then when, when he came onto the scene and was able to really grab this opportunity with both hands, push Josh Sargent to the, to the curb, and just take this and run with it. What? What? How far can he take it? Is the is the real question? I mean, look, it's a, a perfect example of timing in life and certainly in soccer. Okay, because he comes along at a different time when I don't know a, a Josie Altidore's in his prime. We're not even talking about him in the same way. But there was this mm -hmm. void that was created, and yep. nobody stepped up. And believe me, we gave uh, everybody plenty of opportunity. Yeah. Whether it's Josh Sargent, whether it's Daryl DK. I mean, even at the beginning of the year, we were talking about. Um, uh, uh, Ferreira, you know, different different players like right. uh, like this. So the dude comes along, he starts scoring at the right time. You bring him in, and then when you put him in, he does exactly what you want him to do. And we know that doesn't always work, and you know that better than anybody else. Yeah. But he's got that gift right now. How long that gift lasts, I don't know. If this is the lifelong type of thing, that's great. Then we have found our our number nine for the future, and knock on wood, he stays healthy because there's not a lot coming behind it. Um, you know, I think you, you talked on in, uh, last week on your pod when you were talking to Steve about 
you know, from a national team perspective, that's that's all great. And I think Greg's riding the, the hot hand right now. But where do you see him going? And, and what is that number that's attached to him? And what is that right place for him to go uh, going forward? That's a that's a part of the story. But right now, from a national team perspective, look, the, I don't care how old he is. The dude gets on the field and he finds ways uh, to put the ball in the back of the net. What's going to pro- what's going to happen, though, if and when? And I hope it's it doesn't happen. But let's say if. That well runs dry because there's nothing. Right. And I guess we go to that next person or maybe we go back to Daryl DK. I don't know. Who knows? Well, DK was hurt. I, I mean, I don't think people realize how bad, you know, when you have a shoulder or an arm injury, how much that yeah. actually affects you. I do think he will, will at some point cycle back in. But I've been very impressed with Pepe. My concerns yesterday, or not yesterday, this week with Steve were, it's a lot to handle for an 18-year-old. A lot of voices, a lot of people talking, a lot of agents there. And, and I said because I know this, this happened to me, is when you get under so much pressure, weird chemicals are released into the body and you start getting hurt. So I, don't, I, hope, he, I hope he stays Yeah, healthy. I heard you say that. I don't know what the hell you're talking about with the, with the chemicals there, but, it, but, here, but here's my thing to you. I mean, you're being a little hypocritical because we just talked about how all of these players have all of these advantages that we didn't have. And so why are you treating him with kid, with kid gloves? He has been fostered from a young age and given every opportunity both on and off the field. And so while, and this is all good, once again, we have produced better soccer players and we yeah. went about it in a scientific type of way and we have gotten that result. Well, now we should have higher expectations when, at, a, at a younger age. I and mean, we don't, when it's, when it's a different nationality, we don't scream and yell. And I know we're a little gun shy and we're worried about Freddie Adu's and stuff like that, but we're in a very different yeah. time right now. Very so true. I think that it is appropriate to expect more from this younger generation, given all that they have been given. And I'm not saying they don't develop. And I'm not saying that as a young player or as an inexperienced player, you're not going to go through ups and downs. But let's be honest. These guys were nurtured and fostered from a very young age with all of those advantages and benefits that we ne- didn't necessarily have in order to function at a younger age at a higher level. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I throw him on the deep end of the pool, see if he can, he can float. Take the floaties off. He's, he's, he's going to be fine. He's a big boy. And then this is the joke that you and I make now that you and I are 50. We, the 50 is the new 40, <laughs> right? I made the joke last week that 18 is the new 25 when it comes to right. players because these kids are way ahead of the game. All right, well, that's that's – Enough on on that aspect of everything. Well, no, hold but, on, hold on. I, I just I, I want to take issue with something else you said on the earlier pod. Oh, let's go. Uh, if, if you, if, let's hear it. No, I, only because you know the way that you framed it was that there should be this benevolent, charitable type of approach when it comes to Major League Soccer with regards to the um, the value and the sell-on type of fee right there. And you know, you mentioned in the past uh, Taylor Twelman and other other players that didn't get that move. And I was thinking, I mean, look. This is a business ultimately, all right? And nobody is 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 uh, is is forcing any of these players to go the MLS uh, route. I mean, you could be a, a you know a McKenzie uh, or a Hoppy or something like that, and take a different type of pathway if you don't want to do it. And so, I, I just want to make sure I understand what you are saying uh, when it comes to whatever it is that uh, um, you know that he gets sold for. It's got to be right from a business perspective, whether right. it's setting the right precedent or making sure that they get value either now or going forward right uh, right now. But just to say, well, it, it's best for him that he goes to Europe. So therefore, out of the goodness of our heart, and I'm talking about Major League Soccer, we should sell him. I don't think that that's right from a business perspective. No, I, I'm, I'm with you on that point. But, uh, but what I, my point was is, one, it has to be the right fit. I, I remember all these kids that used to come into the league and say, I want to go to Europe. And, and our response was, what, on vacation? I mean, you, you realize it. There's a, there's a lot over there. You can get there. Yeah, yeah no problem. Right. My only concern is if the right deal comes along for him to move, MLS should not be hesitant to say, 
we can't let this guy go. He's so many great things. No, let him go. Let's make another one. That's that's my point. If we whatever, but we, the, but but you're but what you're describing is a farm league. What you're describing is the actual. Well, is, don't is go that MLS far. It doesn't, doesn't have to, to be. be. It doesn't have to have that tagline to it. At but, some point, Eric, you got to keep those players here. At some point, you actually have to make it the league of choice by paying and in essence overpaying to say, hey, we want you to be here. We want you to be a star for the next fifteen years. Sell tickets. Get everybody excited. Win championships for whatever team it ends up being as opposed to selling them overseas i mean that's the next that's the next step but where do you start it i mean at some point you have to make the i mean up in toronto like yeah i was just gonna say the toronto that was yeah insane but that's ultimately how you are going to keep them here right but i I don't think everybody has 18 million to spend on three players with jovenko altador and and bradley but I do think, I do think that, you know, what is best for this kid? And, and, I, and I know Klinsman had his, his and, and, and Jurgen and I have talked about this after he lost, lost the job, um, about all the things that are happening now that were some of the things that he was preaching about, that we, he, all he wanted, it wasn't a, a, a slag on MLS, is I want my guys at the highest level possible, and, and whether they're making more money, that's great. But I, I I need my guys, and there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. But I I think if 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 somebody comes along, middle tier team in the EPL, and says we're gonna we're gonna spend some money on this kid, uh, I just hope that he gets that opportunity. What I don't want yeah. to happen is for them to say you can't go and then not pay him. That's not fair either. No, right, exactly. So Absolutely. that's that's all. I, I agree with that. That's that's and, my. And argument. let's be honest. When it comes to Dallas, they have a, a pretty good track record yeah. of uh, you know <laughs> rejuvenating and refreshing and, and bringing the next one along. Well, I mean, Brian, that's, that's the that from a development perspective, that's great. From a you know season ticket perspective, if you're a Dallas uh, FC Dallas season ticket holder, you're kind of looking around saying, well, why am I paying just to see potential or just to see players that are going off? Yeah, that, you, you can do uh, that and, in AAA baseball. Yeah, that, that's that. You don't yeah. want to have that AAA baseball feel, but. Well, Reynolds didn't work out yesterday with Roma, but I do think oh <laughs> that was not a good day. But it's um, all things included. I think we, I think we're in in, in agreement there. Now, look, you did take a trip out to Switzerland. Mm-hmm. You are a part of the. Describe to me again what that role. You are a legends. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a FIFA legend, and I am on an advisory board headed up by Arsene wow. Wenger. And this is obviously what people are talking about. I, I, I went to Doha, um, uh, Qatar, well, about a month ago uh, for a meeting there, and I've since participated. Actually, I was participating before that on all of these meetings and all of these uh, conferences and, and Zoom calls now with uh, players, with ex-players, with coaches, right. uh, international coaches. I mean, it was on the middle of the night the other night with uh, international coaches all over the uh, all over the world. And look, FIFA is trying to sell uh you know this uh this concept and this proposal of obviously having world cups every two years changing the international calendar and so yeah i mean i wasn't paid for it but i was certainly a guest and so you can imagine fifa does things very very first class and so whether it was the accommodations the travel the food it was it was wonderful so as i talk about this certainly factor that in and if that negates anything that i say um or uh, or, or shades it uh, um then fair enough but I'm very upfront about uh, about what I did. I thought it was really, really interesting. I had a really good time. I have yet to fully make up my mind as to whether this is good, and I've and I've used the opportunity to talk to anybody and everybody at every chance I get uh, to to see whether this is something that ultimately is going to be good for uh, for the game. And there's a, a couple of different ways that I come down on it, but I'll, I'll I'll talk to you because I think you can relate to this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sitting here talking to you today, 
because of the World Cup and the power of a World Cup. It changed my life forever. And so if, when I think about a World Cup every two years, why would I ever stand in the way of some other boy or girl, uh, man or woman, having that opportunity to fundamentally change their life forever, or even, yeah. even a portion of that? Uh, and so that's from a more romantic type of perspective. The other part is the actual financial aspects of it. I know everybody says money is bad. Well, money makes the world go round. Money makes soccer go round, and money is given ultimately to these members of FIFA that hopefully is put into the infrastructure. So having more money, if this were to make more money, uh, isn't necessarily a bad thing. How it gets distributed, obviously we can have a conversation about that. So these are the types of things that we discussed. These are the types of things that we're thinking about. Obviously, when it comes to the prestige and uh, the, the the loss of luster when it comes to a World Cup, that's something that's uh, that people are uh, talking about. And Arsene Wenger, you know, he has a presentation. Some people agree with it. Some people don't agree with it. And look, as you know, FIFA comes with plenty of baggage and oh, history, yeah. and that's right. It's right for all of us to come at it with a quizzical type of uh, of lens and to look at it and and to be critical at times and to try to understand exactly why Arsene Wenger and ultimately FIFA believe that this is the right direction to go. Well, so now you just alluded to it. Arsene Wenger thinks this is a good idea. I mean, he's, he was a part of that PowerPoint presentation that had all that compelling oh, yeah. data. I mean, that this is his about. brainchild. This is, I, I think not only is this his, his brainchild, but I think he looks at it as, as, as great as he was as a coach. Uh, I think he thinks of it as his ultimate legacy yep. to fundamentally change something. And let's be honest. This has been in place for 90 years. When this was put in place, well, we were taking boats to a world cup. So it's, I'm all for tradition and I'm all for history, but certainly uh, being able to change and be able to do some different things isn't necessarily a bad thing. Don't just change to change, but change because you believe it's going to be better. And by the way, we've seen also at times where we've changed, uh, look at, I don't know, golden goal or silver goal, whatever it ends up being, right. where we said, you know what, that didn't work. So just because you change doesn't mean you can ultimately, you can't change back or tweak it as you go along. Well, just don't bring back the 35-yard out shootout. I, that's just... Just stay away from that, Arson. That's the only yeah, thing. I know you don't like it because you got hurt on I it, got but that doesn't necessarily. Garth Lagerway ran me over like a train. I, I, and we still, well, yeah. I mean, I lost ligaments in that play. It was completely unnecessary. Yeah, but it was really entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I should be running to Garth at Lagerway. expense, but it was, listen, if it's entertaining, oh. I mean, you know. Yeah, that was, that, that was a rough one. All right, well, look, I mean, I like what you just said, though, because um, it did, it, it did change your life, it changed our lives it, as, as national team players. Lives, yeah. And if, the other thing that I always, uh, and now that I, now you got me thinking about it, and I have a daughter uh, who um, you start to look at her age, and you say, what if she ever made the not? You have to start looking in those four-year windows. Every two years, when we're talking about a player who's 16, instead of waiting until he's 20, he, be, he might be ready when he's 18. So every, every two years, that might make sense. It might make... Uh, it may, might make that in, dream in that, come true soon, quicker. There are probably people listening here that don't know this, but let's take it back to 1990. You were, what, uh, 20 years old? 20. Uh, 1990, 21? Yeah, right? 20. You get a red card in the World Cup, right. all right? What if in that moment, as distraught as you were, and rightfully so, no matter when the World Cups are, but what if in that moment, now you're thinking, instead of, oh, my God, four years I have to wait to get back onto a uh, World Cup field, now it's only two years, yep. and wherever it end, ends up being, now you get another bite at that apple. And I know people will say, well, what makes it glorious and what makes it unique is the fact that there is uh, such a limited opportunity, and you have to take it uh, when it's there. And I, I understand that. I just think that providing 
players, providing coaches, providing teams. Uh, and I know we've expanded the World Cup, but giving people another bite at the apple. So now, now it's not only you in that moment getting that red card. It's also when, um, you know, pick your team, uh, you know, someone like uh, Trinidad or whoever it ends up being that, that doesn't qualify uh, for a World Cup. Now, instead of thinking, oh, my God, I have to wait eight years or, or four years or whatever it ends up being, it's that, that next World Cup is two years away. Yeah. So I'm going to get another chance at that. And look, once again, uh, I, I, I went to Doha and I'm a member of this, uh, this committee, but, um, I, I have, I am certainly leaning because it, what you, your first reaction to something like this is no, hell no. Why are we doing that? Stupid. Don't, if it ain't, if it ain't broke, broke when, why are yeah, we trying no, to fix I, it? I think here? that was everybody's then, initial reaction, but I think yeah, you're, you're yeah. changing my mind as, as we speak, because it really is about opportunity. Of course, everybody's going to say, oh, FIFA's greedy and they would just want more money and they're going to move their offices to, to New York and, and this this thing is, it's it's all corrupt and people are going to go that but route. The but real, the reality the real is... Fight, Eric. Every the real fight, Eric, as you know, I mean, you, you've been around long enough. The real fight right now is between Europe and this is yeah. a power play. This is about politics. This is about personalities right. and this is UEFA's about gonna have their future. Opinion. It doesn't matter when you have the World Cup. If, if you don't have Europe and if you don't have South America, it's not a, it's not a World Cup. So they're going to have to find a way to convince the minority, but the incredibly powerful, rich elite that is the, mi the minority Europe, to, that this is going to be good for them. Because it's, you know, this is a, a story as old as time. You have yeah, the elites versus the working, the working class, the majority versus the minority, the power, the rich, all that kind of stuff versus everybody else. And that's the way it is being separated. And certainly it's not, not surprising that those are the lines that are being drawn right now. And FIFA has to, make a, has to make a case that everybody is going to ultimately benefit from this because you don't do something to, make your, to put yourself in the worst position. But I think there does have to be a recognition that this isn't just about the rich, okay? This is about everybody and all the memberships. And there's going to have to be concessions on both sides in order to get to this place, if that happens. And I'm not saying it will. I don't know. It might, this might uh, die a death like the Super League. Who knows? Well, I, I, yeah, I was just going to bring up the Super League as, an, you know, as, 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 as something that just did not work when we were talking about the elite group trying to stick together. But I, I appreciate all of that because it, it, I have had a different stance on it, and now you're going to get me uh, staring at the ceiling tonight before I go to bed thinking about the, the possibilities. But you're, you are right. UEFA is going to have uh, – they're going to chime in at some point. All right, story time. You ready? So you, okay. have, you have guitars behind you, and, and I have told this story on, on um, the podcast that when, what people need to understand in our day uh, mm -hmm. You know, in, in the in the 90s, between 94 and 98, which, by the way, you, you got me thinking about how much changed between that 94 team and that 98 team. Holy right. cow. I would I would have much rather had it every two years. But so what, here's what we used to do. So just so the audience understands, Alexi and I were roommates. Um, he is an actually really good roommate. He, he's he's got some some weird things that he does. But it, for all intents and purposes, he was a great roommate. However. What we used to do is we loved music on our team, especially in between 94 and 95 and 96, through their qualification process. And I had told this story, and I had asked you prior to this show if I had exaggerated, because I have a tendency to do that. But I had said eight to ten times this had happened, but I think it might be more. What we used to do, because we loved music, is we would have a boom box. And at the end of the trip... Alexi would usually, we would all chip in, or maybe Alexi would just buy the, the, the boombox. And then I would go down the aisle with the bus on the way to the game, and we would get one of those silver pins, and I, I mean, have everybody on the bus sign it. And when we got off, and we were always the last two to get off the bus, we would hand it to some kid. 
And you would say, here, kid, take that. And then once they realized what it was, it was such a cool moment. Now, if you had to throw a number on it, how many times would you say we did that? I'm trying to, I'm trying to rack my brain here. I said eight to ten. It might be more. I think you're in the right vicinity there. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it was. <laughs> was this? Is, this is after I talked to you and to stop throwing him off the, the the roof of the hotel we were staying in. How many times did that happen? Yeah, they they probably weren't made to be the way that we looked at it as disposable items. But you know, I I liked to travel light, uh, yep. and you know, I also thought that this was, you know, it, we, it had it had uh, we had used it. It had a function during that. Yep. camp wherever we ended but up we didn't want to travel moment. with it we didn't want to take it yeah, so it. we had yeah, to give it away I mean, but what a great thing put in the overhead or underneath or anything like that and so it was I, I think it was you can always get your jersey signed or anything like that but there there are people out there in the world that have <laughs> these uh these these boxes out there these boom boxes uh that are signed by the national team but but i think you're i think you're in the right uh, vicinity when it comes to the amount of times it was that we mostly did, uh, i, I we feel did. like we were at rfk a lot um in oh, fact, yeah. we used to stay at the uh, Ritz-Carlton, at, and, and Lexi and I had a relationship with the, uh, uh, the kitchen. We, we made a deal to have <laughs> Sam Adams and uh, shrimp cocktail. That was our, yeah. And that was an exchange for a jersey. Uh, and that, it would that, be waiting for us when we showed up. Wasn't there that phenomenal? That, that really was great. <laughs> it was great. That, it was, that was terrific. <laughs> But I, I know, so, but that eventually changed. We we started doing acoustic guitars, and then yep. uh, so I want to know how many guitars are out there. I want to know how a bunch of them, and and internationally, because I can remember signing them internationally. So we would we get. St- go into I think it started in Paysandu, did it not? I think yeah, we because right. we didn't have a boombox, we couldn't get a boombox. So in Paysandu <laughs> during the Coupe America '95, sitting in there putting all of the bill on on Mike Burns for all the cappuccinos, we of would course. play guitar and. That's and and I would try to sing and you'd make fun of me and that's the way our, no, our trips was, went. We were a very musical team. I think everybody you know enjoyed the uh, the music and you know it was a it was a diverse selection of uh, of music. Obviously that was back in the '90s, so it was uh, a '90s feel, but obviously coming out of the '80s, so there was a lot of that. Yeah, I mean the guitars, and I would go whatever local store there was there and just buy a cheap guitar that would suffice for that time that we were there in yep. order to play, in order to sing and do all that. And then at the end of it, once again, rather than carrying it around to wherever we were, gave going, it away. So and, and we would I'll, give it away. We would sign it, you know, get the silver uh, sharpie and do all that kind of stuff. So there's also plenty of those that are that are out there because I can remember <laughs> doing it numerous times uh, uh, through the uh, through the years. But yeah, it was fun. Like I said, it's it's better than you know a. A, you know, a cleat or a right. Or a That's what I thought. I mean, it, it was such a, a a piece of the fabric of who we were as a team because we were such an yep. eclectic crowd as it was. But I, what I remember most is on a couple of those occasions, just a look on that kid's face, and he goes, "Hey, here you go, kid." And the mom yeah. and the dad going, "Oh my God!" Once they realized what it was, it was such a cool little momentum of 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 how that all worked. But I mean, I, look, I, I think that's a cool story. I don't know if 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 the guys do stuff like that. They obviously don't do stuff like that anymore, but. Uh, that was just because we had a group of guys that went through a lot together, but mm-hmm. uh, the music was always something that that brought us together. Even though John, cool even story. though John Harks can't sing, he sounds like you know, a- like a. <laughs> A cat in the back alley. When he tried to everybody sing, everybody can oh, God. sing. I am a firm believer that everybody can That's sing. That's not with, true. With enough, with enough confidence, anyone can sing. But you know, it, you said it's a cool story. It is a cool story. And let's be honest. You know, the, the scores and the goals and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're there. But but those are the types of stories and those are the types of moments that at least I remember. I mean, a lot of the '90s are a fog. Yeah. <laughs> but. Those are the types of things that I remember. And, and to your point about being uh, your roommate, 
I mean, look, you're a pain in the ass. Okay, uh, let's be let's be honest. That's and that's, that's somebody fair, fair needed to kind of you know take well, a hey, hold. Hey, that's of the BS. Situation. They 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 had to talk me into you. By the way, they basically well, said we're going to stick you two together because he's a mess and you're all over the place. So. <laughs> So here's, That's how made I dealt with, here's how I dealt with Eric Winaldo. What I would do was um, everybody else would engage and I would just disengage and ignore him. And eventually he would get bored and then move on to somebody else's uh, somebody else's room. And then we did have our things that we connected with, you know, whether it was music or Sam. You Adams just didn't want to talk right now. Yeah, the, the, you did this thing, which which it's, I mean. When you would watch TV, you would watch it yes. out of this side of your. So if you, we had to figure this out. Uh, so people are trying to understand. There's you, in your roommates, you got two beds and you got a TV right in the middle. So Alexi could never be on the right side because if he was, it was this eerie feeling. You'd be sitting in your bed watching TV, and you would have this <laughs> feeling of like this Chucky doll turning its head to look at you. Yeah. And you just look over like, what are you looking at? No, sorry, that's how I watch TV. So he had to always be on the left. Which made things uh, a lot easier. I don't know if that made sense, but uh, we—I no, it, thought we were I good. Have a, I have a dominant. I have a dominant eye, and when and it and it co- and it shows up when I watch television. So obviously, when you're sitting on a bed, you turn your head, and so and and this is a story that whoever roomed with me over the years always tells because it freaked them out. Yeah, it's, because it's they weird because you just feel like you're turning it. and looking at me. I'm like, what are you looking at? What? And then you weren't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. I will. Um, I will let you go. We have to do this again. Again, we have. Uh, I, I do want to extend the the invitation to you and the wife to come out and okay. uh, come see. So Anne and Amanda and and yourself and and myself will have a nice dinner. Um, we'll we'll somehow involve some shrimp cocktail just just for nostalgic reasons. But you got to get. What are you What are you doing, Eric? What uh, What What's next for you? I mean, I'm always interested because I never know. You know, what's next for you? What do you want to do? What do I, mean, I, uh, I this... right now? I'm here. I I you know if, if right if if I had my way right. I mean, I tried coaching. I wanted to be the coach. Uh, I I'm still I still have went through my pro A, which is which is the highest license that you can get in this country. Uh, I'm really enjoying that. It's 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 uh it's something that you know when people look at the profession of coaching, they don't realize how much goes into it these days. It's not mm-hmm. pick a team and play. There is on the scientific side on on understanding uh, the preparation, preventative injury, all, everything that goes into it. Um, I'm still I'm still kind of waiting for for something to make sense. I came to Vegas because I love Vegas. I lived here as you know before, uh, but this just went, was not a good fit for me. Uh, Brett Lashbrook and his crew. It was more about the show and whatnot, and it really it made it very difficult to be um, serious about about the soccer side. So I had a, my greatest thing was that I could recruit players. I couldn't recruit players to come here. They all knew what it was going to be, and what that meant to come here. So you ended up getting third, fourth, you know, guys that are like basically desperate, like Dude, just give me a job, I'll play for you. And that that was a hard uh, a hard deal. But yeah, I mean, I still I still consult. You want to keep coaching, right? I love coaching. That is yeah. that is if 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 you really um, if you really nail it down, I still work here locally with downtown uh, as a technical director, working with the 18s and 17s and 16s, which is a great uh, age group of kids. You know, there's so much talent, Lex, in in Las Vegas. It's it's incredible, I, and and I could argue the point that there's more talent in Las Vegas, believe it or not, than Los Angeles, and that's that's saying something. You know, because yeah. it's very organized. There are so many leagues that these kids can play in. And if you go out and, and you really dedicate yourself to recruiting or really at least, you know, going out and watching uh, scouting, man, you'll find some unbelievable players. So, I mean, I'm, I'm getting involved locally in, in, in the community to try and provide those pathways for these kids. Do you ever out- think you're going to get an opportunity in MLS? 
well, if we can get Don Garber to, to stop, you know, getting in the way, I mean, I, I basically, I, I, when I worked, as we both know, ESPN and Fox, you say enough things on the air, you piss off enough people, that it, it becomes a roadblock. I, I think we're there. I think we can overcome that. But there's just, it's hard for a guy like me who looks at a team like Cincinnati, looks at a team like Chicago, and says, man, I could fix that. I could fix that. That's a cultural um, um, problem. It's 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 a understanding of of what what kind of team you need to build to to essentially represent that that city appropriately. I love all that stuff. So I'll just keep waiting. I I made a joke the other day. I, you know, a couple more people have to die before I I um I get an opportunity because I've said so many things about people that they just can't get over. The criticism. So that was part of my job as oh, an I mean, analyst, you know, and it, it hurt me. You're dealing with human beings, right? And you know that uh, that you come with baggage. We all come with baggage. You know, you're you're very outspoken, and you know the, you know the hurdles and the challenges that that may uh, possess. But you know, ultimately, if you're a good coach, uh, you know, I think at some point you got to be able to to prove to people that whatever problems they have or hangups that they have, that they can get over it. Because uh, we'll forgive a lot of things. Uh, if there's somebody that can get a team to win. No, that's, that's, that's really, you know, we, we've, we've talked about this on numerous occasions. I love, I love what MLS has become. And you look, at, uh, you look around the league, you look at how much money is being spent on not just the players, but on, on the, just the, the resources and the, the facilities that are available to these guys. It, it, it really is um, something that, that, that would be phenomenal for me, someone like me, to just finish the story. You know, I, I was a part of the beginning of this in 96. It would be phenomenal to be a part of, uh, uh, of the write, write a couple final chapters there with being in charge of a team because that, that really is what gets me going. Well, I, you know, I hope to see it even from a... Oh, no, you love it. You're, you know, you're all about the entertainment, right? We're going to bring exactly. sexy soccer back. I would back. love to see what uh, an MLS... Uh, 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 an Eric Winalda coached MLS team looks like. And but like I said, it would provide incredible content uh, for me and, and certainly us uh, over there at Fox, as it would for, for anybody uh, out there. You know, uh, who knows, my friend? I, I wish you all the luck in all the ventures that, you, right. uh, that you have. And and uh, thank you for having uh, having me on. We're... Oh, you ever, uh, hey, let, let me, well, we, well, I got you. Are you ever going to host a program? You've done everything, but have you ever hosted? Because I did that, I'm, and that's some, yeah. that's some work. I mean, I, I respect the hell out of Rob Stone now after oh they asked God, me to yeah. do it. People don't realize is, how hard that to, job is. I'd love to do it, but like to your point, it's a very different type of performance and a very different type of preparation. And, uh, you know, hats off. I know a lot of times we make fun of people that kind of read the prompter and stuff like that. It is an absolute art and a skill. And you oh, can yeah. very, very quickly suss out the ones that are good. And most of them aren't good. And the ones that are good are are really good at it. And you, you mentioned Rob Stone. And, you know, I work with I work with incredible people over at Fox with, with Rob and Stuart Holden and Mo, Mo Adu and all those guys. And we'll keep uh, doing that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, when it comes to hosting, yeah. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm don't very take that role. Hey, don't. To be able to do what I I, do. Tr I thought the same thing, man. That was a whole new animal. I I think I took us off the air in segment three, because I didn't I didn't I didn't know where we were in the show, and I had to bring everybody back to the the Champions League. When I had I was I was the host, and uh, Warren and Christopher Sullivan, get that guy to be quiet, and when you need him to go to break. I mean, that was that was a, and, and the, the hardest part about being the host was completely disagreeing with what they just said. And not being able to respond, you have to take it to break. And I was like, 
damn, I can't even say that. I don't, I don't think that was a good point. But that was uh, – I hope that happens. I would love to see well, that. I you, think, if I think if, if weekend, entertainment to you is me coaching, entertainment to me would be watching you host a program. That would be oh phenomenal. Oh my goodness! Well, I think we have I think we have a, a, a all player uh, broadcast this weekend on MLS, but I, I don't think I'll be hosting. I think Stu will probably yeah, be Stu will uh, we'll do that. It. So, so we'll see uh, we'll see how that goes. But we'll have a we'll have a good time, my friend. I, I wish you I wish you all the best. Okay, uh, whether it's uh, soccer or anything else uh, related, and I'm I'm glad you're in a good place. Like I said, the the set looks wonderful. I'm glad that we have your voice. Uh, you and I uh, at times have butted heads. At times we've screamed and yelled at each other. But you know, ultimately, uh, you know, I think that there's there's wonderful stuff uh, when it comes to you. And I like the way that you uh, think about the game. And I like the way that you challenge me and that you, you challenge others. Like I said, don't always agree, but that's uh, that's okay. And we certainly have a long history together and some wonderful, wonderful times on and off the soccer field. And here's to here's to many more going forward. Yeah, here's to Sam Adams and some shrimp cocktail in the very near future, <laughs> buddy. I I feel the same way about you. Thanks for coming on. Love you. Miss you. See you soon. All right. See you. Peace out. All right, I thank you to uh, the, the one and only Lexi Lawless. Uh, always insightful, always you know, in, in, a, in a position of importance. How about that? He is making massive decisions when it comes to being a legend, a part of this panel uh, with FIFA. Now, we joked about that. I mean, I, uh, I, w- I always took offense to the fact that Landon and Alexi were the only legends with FIFA, uh, meaning the video game. I never got in there. I never was ever in the conversation. But uh, my son has told me that he uh, never selected Alexi because his pace was too slow. So, unfortunate that FIFA, they put you in there. They call you a legend, and then they, they give you a bad rating, and they make you slow. That, that stinks. All right, well, there's other stuff going on in the world. Before I, uh, before I let you all go, and I wanted to give everybody the recap of what has happened with the Champions League because it was fairly entertaining. I, I, in the last uh, podcast, I, I started to... To, to make some, some guesses there. I never like to prognosticate what's exactly going to happen because I, uh, I never bet on soccer games. I, I really should, but I, I never do. I, I, sometimes I wish I did. But Manchester United with what, one hell of a comeback. You got Ole uh, Gunnar Solskjaer on, on all kinds of, uh, in all kinds of hot water, if you will. We had the fans saying this isn't good enough. They lose 4-2 to two to Leicester, and then he comes back with this response. At one point, you know, of course, they were down. Uh, but they were able to make the comeback. So everybody's calmed down. But guess what? Coming into the weekend, Manchester United, Liverpool. Yeah, that's, that's the game we're, that, that we're waiting for. And both of them were uh, 3-2 victors in the Champions League. Atletico fall 3-2 to Liverpool, which was, a, was the best uh, of, of all the games. Uh, Bayern is, is looking like they might be the favorites to win this thing. They, they scored all, all four of their goals against Benfica in the last 20 minutes, but... Man, are they impressive. Now, I, I've been all about Chelsea uh, the, from the beginning of this year, at least from August until now. Uh, they got a very con- convincing victory over Malmo. If you don't know where Malmo is, that's uh, a Swedish team. That's the place of origin for Zlatan, if you didn't know that. But Lukaku and, and Timo Werner look like they're going to be injured, which, which didn't uh, help their cause. Mbappe. Came to life once again. Uh, they were without Neymar, but uh, Mbappe and, and Messi, uh, Lionel Messi, got it done against Leipzig. Which so I mean, look, Leipzig is, and I saw the interview with Jesse Marsh. Uh, he his German is coming along. That was that was phenomenal to see. Uh, but they find themselves at the bottom of Group A now, and and that's going to be a big fight back. You know, Bruges, Manchester City, and PSG. That was never going to be 
a fun group to be in. Uh, but but the, the heat is certainly on for him. Liverpool tops their group, so Madrid's right behind in Porto, and AC Milan at the bottom of that table. Uh, I'm becoming more and more of a fan of uh, Ajax uh, of Amsterdam. They uh, are uh, in first of, of Group C. Uh, Dortmund right behind him, Sporting, and uh, uh, Basitas uh, down at the bottom. Group D, Sharif still at the top. It's unbelievable. They lose to enter, but they still uh, have accumulated enough points to to be on the plus side. Uh, one, you know, plus one on the goal difference. No one, no one saw that coming. No one saw that coming. Real Madrid in second, Inter in sec- uh, in third, with uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, Bayern leading their group, and Fika Barcelona not looking like themselves. Uh, they did get the victory over Dynamo uh, Kiev or Dynamo Kiev, if you will. Manchester United are. are Sitting pretty over there. Uh, young boys down at the bottom. Um, Atalanta, who was their most recent victim, uh, in third, and Villarreal right behind them. Salzburg looking the part. Wolfsburg and Lille not, uh, but Sevilla is uh, in second, Lille, and then Wolfsburg down there at the bottom. That's that's a bit of a surprise. And then, of course, uh, H, uh, Juventus, uh, right up on, uh, right where they always thought they would want to be, uh, in, in first, Chelsea right behind them, Zenit of. Uh, uh, St. Petersburg and Malmo down at the bottom. That that looks like the easiest group. I mean, you, you know, Juventus and, and Chelsea are probably going to skate their way into the knockout stage. But uh, as far as everything went, we now go into the weekend uh, m- very much so looking forward to this Manchester United-Liverpool battle, which which uh, will have everyone's attention. I know it's, it's my son's birthday. I know I just had a, a daughter who just turned uh, 17, but my son is turning 20. Huge Manchester United fan. So I'm going to figure out a way to get with him that we can watch, uh, watch that game. Uh, that'll be a, an early birthday present, if, if you will. And I guess lastly, um, you know, we, as expected, Newcastle decided to sack their manager, Steve Bruce. I thought he handled it um, about as well as you could. You know, some of his, uh, some of his comments, um, I mean, that's, that's never good. I mean, they're coming in with all this money, and they said the first thing to go is the coach. You're just not the right guy. So Paulo Fonseca uh, looks like he might be the replacement. You might remember him um, from his time at Roma. Uh, Eddie Howe, believe it or not, and Lucien Favre are still on the list. Um, I've already had my 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 uh, ideas about uh, Favre, who's 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 had his time in in, in Germany. Um, you remember him from Dortmund as well. I, I just don't think he's a good fit at all. But it's, let's just uh, keep an eye on that because it's going to be interesting. Newcastle is going to be a force. And, and just watch. It's a whole re- We should have the Newcastle channel when it comes to the, uh, the uh, transfer window coming up here in January because they're going to be busy. They're going to be very busy. And things are going to get crazy in a hurry. I mean, you look at teams like Brighton who are starting to figure it out. And, you know, I'm, I'm becoming more and more of a fan of Brentford. But uh, the, the Watfords and the Norths, they're – they're going to get punished because there's no easy games now. I mean, you're going to have it's not it's no longer a top six; it's a top eight, and Newcastle is pushing to be um, a world power. You know, forget just the EPL. Their 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 ideas are to bring uh, Newcastle back to their heyday. And again, I got to get my buddy Warren Barton in here to talk about that. It's not just all about Kevin Keegan. It's it's a new era in Newcastle. And uh, I'm actually looking forward to see what all this means. I'm sure they're going to. Uh, you know, inadvertently break some rules here with their, you know, attempts to spend a, a ton of money. But this uh, this uh, new Saudi-led consortium is going to splash some cash. And the, fir- the first thing that they're going after is a coach. 
So let's see if Fronseca gets the job. But, um, man, I, I thought there would be other people on that list. I really did. I really did. I think uh, uh, a couple of coaches said, look, I'm happy where I am. I don't, I don't, I'm not interested. I think they say that publicly, but they, they certainly are talking to their agents about the possibilities. But we'll keep an eye on that. But that is it for today. Uh, Lexi Lalas, you, you, I, I, I love you. Thank you for coming on the program. Uh, we will continue to, to, to watch your stuff as you continue to watch my stuff, but we'll have you on again. Hopefully well, that'll be in December, and we'll get, to, we'll get him out again and uh, enjoy the, the holidays, if you will. But that's it for today. Um, normally our guests don't go that long, but when, when it comes to Lexi and I, neither one of us know how to shut up. So I hope it was uh, entertaining for you. Uh, we'll have him on again, and we'll have some more stories. We'll see how far we can take that. We don't, you know, some of our stories are just not for the public, but um, some of them are. So we'll have him on again, and we'll have some fun. But again, I appreciate uh, Alexi coming on. For the rest of you, God bless you. Thank you for listening. However you found this podcast, I appreciate you making this a part of your day. Continue to be good humans out there. Take care of each other, love each other, and we'll hear you next time.